0: Uh, gifts available to you. And if you don't get your fingers on the phone in the next 30 seconds, you can also contribute at www.kpfa.org. I want to say a few thank yous. Uh, first, I want to thank Chris for being with us uh, because she is an expert and longtime wonderful person for raising money for KPFA. And I appreciate her being with it with us and her support for Education Today and I really appreciate it because she hasn't been feeling that well the last couple of days so it's great to have her here. I also want to thank uh, Tina Bachman who really helped us a lot with the show and our board operator who is always wonderful and helping us with Education Today, Erica Bridgman and the uh, producer of Education Today, Jaron Epstein and its originator, Kevin Cartwright. I'm your host, Kitty Kelly Epstein and please call in and contribute. 1-800- 100 439 100 Thanks, and we'll be with you again in a couple weeks. When you make contributions to the organizations that are important to you, please consider KPFA.
1: Listener support is the heart and soul of KPFA, and your gift will help pay for the programs you counted on this year and will count on next year. You can easily make your gift securely online at kpfa.org. Thanks. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is one minute past 3 p.m. Stay tuned for a special fun drive program, programming of women, Women's
0: Magazine. <laughs> Women, Mulheres
1: Feministas, Panone Feminist, Panu Vachiconzero Chevacazi, Nessa, Mujeres Feministas, Yan Femini,
0: O Femati V, Nari Mufti, Matapan, Natabai, Kachi Mai, Ka Ishk. Coming up
1: on Women's Magazine white women always up there? Why are we always looking at the same
2: four white women? Why don't we look at somebody else? Why, 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 why can't something else happen? And then they brainstorm and they come up, oh, why don't we put y'all on tour by
0: yourself? I wasn't in music at all. I wasn't even in theater in those days. I was being a therapist. <laughs> and I ran into a woman by the name of Holly Near, who dedicated a record to me unbeknownst to me and i thought um gee you usually get asked about this but apparently she didn't know i was still alive
1: so (laughs) that's how far from music i was We'll remember the fabulous lesbian blues singer Gwen Avery, who died two weeks ago. And we'll hear part of a wonderful documentary about the women's music movement from the 70s on up to the 21st century. We'll be offering you that film, Radical Harmonies, as a thank you gift for your support of Women's Magazine during this fundraising show. And you don't need to wait until the end of the show to call and pledge your support for this radio station and help keep us on the air. Welcome to our show. I'm Kate Raphael. Last Monday night, I went to the concert in memory of Pete Seeger at the Freight and Salvage. That concert was organized by Holly Near, who will be featured in the film we're going to be showcasing today, as is Ronnie Gilbert, who sang with Pete and the Weavers. At one point during that wonderful evening, Holly was mentioning artists whom we've lost recently, and she said the name Gwen Avery. And my friends and I gasped. We had all known Gwen a little bit because she was in the dyke community and feminist communities here for many years, as well as a brilliant singer-songwriter, and we had not heard that she died and couldn't believe it. a small town outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where her grandmother ran a juke joint, the only bar in town where African Americans were welcome. On her own initiative, Gwen started performing for the customers in the bar when she was four. She moved to the Bay Area in nineteen sixty nine. She told a chronicle reporter that she decided to move here because she saw an article in Life magazine that showed people smoking marijuana and doing yoga on the streets. She made a living hustling pool and singing in a rock band called Full Moon. In 1975, she was included in the compilation Any Woman's Blues, which was recorded in a women's prison. Here she is singing Sugar Mama, her trademark tune, on the 1977 Olivia Records album Lesbian Concentrate. Linda Tillery and Mary Watkins Gwen was one of the people who pushed women's music to promote the work of black women In a feature on her in the San Francisco Chronicle, published in 2002, when her solo CD was released, she said, quote, The same issues of race and classism that confounded the early feminist and gay rights movement also infected the women's music scene. I've always felt like a warrior or soldier. I've learned to deal with separation, isolation in the crowd, rejection in the abandonment. Here's a little clip of her in the film we're going to be listening to later, Radical Harmonies.
2: Why are all these white women always up there? Why are we always looking at the same four white women? Why don't we look at somebody else? Why, 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 why can't something else happen? And then they brainstorm and they come up, oh, why don't we put you all on tour by yourself? They put us up there and they got Pat Parker, who told the pain and the glory and the truth and the emotion of the, of the history of our our people, our feelings. It was really a beautiful um, kind of thing.
1: Gwen struggled to make ends meet throughout the 80s and 90s. She sang in the Glide Church Choir for a while and performed at Benefits for Battered Women Shelters and at SF Pride. In the early part of this century, she had a brief resurgence, releasing her only solo CD, Sugar Mama, produced by Linda Tillery. I tried to get copies of it to offer as a premium, but unfortunately they're scarce. Lady Slipper Records told me they only have one copy that they're going to keep for their archives. I believe you can however find it on CD Baby. It won the Out Music Award for Outstanding New Recording. She spent the last part of her life in the Russian River area and performed at a local club called Main Street Station. Their Facebook announcement says Gwen Avery remained something of a cult figure for decades and describes her sound as, quote, a rare combination of blues potency and jazzy sophistication, a sound full of time-worn wisdom and soul-stirring passion. She died January 31st of complications from gallbladder surgery. She was 71. Apparently, a tribute concert in honor of Gwen is being planned for March. Hopefully, we'll be able to keep you posted on that. We'll go out with one more little bit of music from Gwen Avery. This is her singing at Wildside West Bar in San Francisco. (laughs) Kate Raphael, one of the things I try to do on Women's Magazine is honor the passing of women who have been important in our communities, but who might not be that well-known in the mainstream. So in the last few months, for instance, we commemorated the work of Cheryl Marie Wade, the disability arts activist, poet, and performer, and folk singer and raging granny, Faith Patrick. We're trying to raise money today, so I want to encourage you, if this type of locally produced and focused programming is important to you, to give whatever you're able so that we can keep bringing you this show week after week. Even though our show is volunteer here produced it's far from free to produce if you can spare 90 dollars, we can offer you the wonderful dvd radical harmonies documenting four decades of the women's music movement which includes footage of gwen avery and linda tillery and mary watkins as well as holly near annie defranco alex dobkin and farron and so many others don't wait until the end of the show but call now 510-848-5732 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Let us know that you're listening and that you value our work. And I just want to mention $90, that's 25 cents a day, a quarter a day. So, you know, think about what you spend 25 cents on every day that maybe you could do without. You could get this CVD and more importantly, you can keep KPFA Women's Magazine on your airwaves. I asked Jean Tapperman, a longtime supporter of KPFA and a dedicated Women's Magazine listener, why Women's Magazine's important to her. It, it gives me the opportunity to meet women who are leaders in movements for social change. And the, the things that you traditionally think of as feminist, like the movement against rape, but also people like from fast food workers in the United States to democracy activists
0: in Egypt. And the thing is that I know that there are women who are leaders and core participants in all these movements, but you hardly ever hear their perspectives in any other media.
1: I've been listening to KPFA for at least 20 years. I feel like I benefit from it so much, and so I just feel like I should help pay for it. So please, if you can, join Jean in supporting Women's Magazine with a gift of any size. 510-848-5732, 800-439-5732, or donate securely online at kpfa.org. In just a little while, we'll listen to some of the film, Radical Harmonies, which we're offering you today for your pledge of $90 to KPFA. But first, Valentine's Day is coming up. And for the last many years, it's been known as V-Day, popularized by playwright Eve Ensler as a day to combat violence against women and girls. Last year, V-Day inaugurated One Billion Rising, a massive mobilization of women and allies dancing in the streets in over 200 countries. This year, One Billion Rising is continuing to grow and expand its understanding of what justice for women means. According to its mission statement, One Billion Rising for Justice is a global call to women survivors of violence and those who love them to gather safely in community outside places where they are entitled to justice. Courthouses, police stations, government offices, school administration buildings, workplaces, sites of environmental injustice, military courts, embassies, places of worship, homes, or simply public gathering places where women deserve to feel safe but too often do not. One Billion Rising this year will be joined by construction workers in Peru, advocates for migrant workers in Hong Kong, and opponents of mining in the Philippines. Here in the Bay, Code Pink will sponsor an early morning dance across the Golden Gate Bridge. That's at 8 a.m. There will also be a flash mob in San Francisco City Hall beginning at 4 p.m. And Bay Area Rising will be holding a public event on Friday night, February 14th, entitled Stand for Real Love. That's at First Presbyterian Church in Oakland. This year's event features over 40 musicians, artists, and spiritualists, including Vicki Randall, Eve Decker, Melanie Damore, Destiny Arts, Girls. Brigade, Sandra Salas, Louisa Tisch, Fat Chance Belly Dance, and Afia Walking Tree, who joins me now to tell us about this year's event. Can you tell us a little about yourself and why you decided to get involved with One Billion Rising?
2: My name is Afia Walking Tree and I am a drummer, educator, and spiritual activist, and I've been in the Oakland Bay Area for the last 16 years and um, I have always been interested in being on the edge of all the movements utilizing the drum as an activator and so that's my reason for being part of Bay Area Rising.
1: And last year was the first year for One Billion Rising, although there had been V-Day activities around the world for many years. And I can't remember the number, but I know there were hundreds of events all over the world last year. How has it taken root and grown and changed to this year?
2: Well, last year, our main focus was getting people to come and dance and really having a space for just the expression of women and allies coming into the streets and really standing our ground for ending violence against women and girls. I felt as though last year was like an initial calling and a response. This was our response, come dance with us. Why we're rising this year is basically the next step to raise a global consciousness towards the lack of justice in our struggles and truly to end violence against women and children and specifically this year, our, those people uh, that we're going to be offering the funds to uh, that we receive from the event will be local organizations as well as uh, global organizations. So we've, we've kind of expanding to creating actions that are based in real justice being served in our local community. We brought in women who have been out there on the front lines with supporting women who have lost their sons to violence
1: in Oakland. And I heard even say on in a piece on democracy now that there's sort of more of a focus this year on the intersectionality or all of the different types of. Oppression that women face and sort of the need for that women's rights really are human rights, human rights are women's rights that we need justice in every um, in every sphere in health, in economic opportunity and um, environmental justice in order to have to really end violence against women. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: When women have equal rights? And when women are seen as whole beings, then I believe we will begin to have justice on this planet. And I think that's what uh, Eve Ensler is basically trying to cultivate in our consciousness all over the planet, is ending violence doesn't just mean ending, you know, men raping women and girls. That's just a part of it, and it's a huge part of it, but that they finding a way to really raise up all of our consciousness, including women and girls, that we are whole beings and we have equal rights and we have equal needs as everyone else in all spheres and bringing, kind of bringing light and shedding shedding light on all of our experiences as real is an important step for women and girls.
1: And so you were talking about here in Oakland, most of the focus is on a public event. There'll still be dancing though, right? Absolutely, the focus that we're doing at the event
2: is really bringing in the arts as a way to open people up to actually finding more confidence, grounding in more more of our justice, our self-justice, as well as each other's justice. And it is through the arts. This The, the evening that we have uh, planned is going to showcase 40-plus women and male allies who are artists it's going to be a very stimulating event because the the music the art the poetry the dance the calling out the chants the expressions are going to be coming from the heart and i believe and i think as a collective as a core committee when we sit sit together the the belief is is standing in real love means coming from the heart last year the vibrations that were created from the from that event from the two hours that we were together was so phenomenal that some people's response was that it was cha- it changed their lives. That's what healing and that's what justice is about, is about finding ways to get to the heart and open people up in a way that's gentle and in a way that's sometimes sweet and also in a way that, you know, gets the energy not just to stay in this room, but it rippled out into the universe. And that's, that's what we're holding this year, is that the energy that we create inside a First Presbyterian Church is going to ripple out, just like the, the violence ripples out when we read it in the news. All that violence just oozes out. Our belief is that if we create a collective consciousness on the inside of this building, with all six, seven hundred of us there, that that positive energy will ripple out into the planet. We have the, the event is anchored by the elements. Every element has a different sense and a different sensation, a different vibration, and we're going to um, utilize those to move us through this journey And it's going to be beautiful. It's already beautiful. I feel like it's already magically happening. So come on down and be with us on V-Day and make this your Valentine. After last
1: year's V-Day... There was some criticism of the movement that it's kind of a Western inspired way of making, trying to get women all over the world to do something that makes sense in our context without necessarily paying attention to the local issues or ways of organizing or organizing that's already going on, like people saying, well, rather than coming in and trying to get everybody to do this thing that events came up with, you should be supporting all the organizing that women are already doing all over the world. How do you feel about that? As you were
2: saying that, my thought was, you know, our Western culture is quite didactic in, in sometimes the way that we approach things. And in my view, though, I don't see this movement as separate from what's already going on. I think actually what's happening is the One Billion Rising movement that has uh, kind of activated all these local movements. I think what it's doing is it's bringing in people's awareness, particularly people who haven't been conscious before or who haven't wanted to be conscious because they don't, they, they often don't want to come in on uh, learning about violence against women and girls through a political force. They want to know that they can come in on it through a more gentle, artistic approach and still learn about it and still heal. And I think that it's actually, to me, garnering more support, and it's probably actually activating more justice in those movements that have been going on for a long time that 's been in the, in, in there out there on the front lines, I just see it as anything we can do and everything we can do to end violence on this planet, starting with ourselves it, it can 't be making there 's no way it can be making a negative impact if more people are being aware. I think this is actually going to continue to espouse more and more awareness, which I believe is what all of us want to see.
1: The One Billion Rising event, Stand for Real Love, is this Friday, February 14th at First Presbyterian Church of Oakland, 2619 Broadway. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Performance starts at 7. If you do plan on attending, I encourage you to get tickets ahead of time because last year's event did sell out. You can get tickets more information on the website, bayarearising.org. We'll put that link on our blog, kpfawomensmag.blogspot.com. This is Women's Magazine on KPFA 94.1, online at kpfa.org. I'm Kate Raphael, and I spoke with Afia Walkingtree, a member of the Bay Area Rising Collective. And we are raising money for KPFA today, so I want to encourage you to honor the activism of women like Afia and the voice that we give them by donating to keep this radio station coming to you free of corporate sponsorship. As an activist myself, I can attest that many, many, many demonstrations, benefits, and campaigns would be really hard to pull off without the access that KPFA gives us to come on and talk about what we're doing. If we had to rely on the corporate media or even public radio to get the word out, we would often not be able to do that. But KPFA is accessible. You don't have to be a big, powerful organization to get on these airwaves because they're for the community. They're here to serve the community. And you can show that that's important to you by calling 1-800-439-5732 or 510-848-5732 and pledging whatever you can to support KPFA. Afia was just talking about the power of art to change the world. Nothing exemplifies that more than the women's music movement. It began in the 1970s, much of it right here in Oakland and Berkeley. The documentary Radical Harmonies, produced and directed by Dee Mossbacher and Women Vision Films, documents that remarkable coming together of women's energies and talents. We're going to listen to some of the sound from the film, but you really must see it to appreciate the history that it tells. If you can make a donation, to KPFA of $90, we'll be happy to send you a copy. But again, Please give whatever you're able, and there are lots of other thank you gifts to choose from. Or maybe you don't feel like you need a gift at all, because listener-sponsored, activist, community-oriented radio is the best gift you can give yourself. 510 848 5732 439 5732 Or pledge securely online at kpfa.org. Now, we'll go to an excerpt from Radical Harmonies.
0: start out to make a revolution through music but that is what happened
1: astonishing experience to me to discover a world of people that I didn't even know existed that were making this world called
0: women's music. People now have trouble
2: defining what women's music is because it's been changing so rapidly.
0: out of an organic place in you that pays no heed to anything except for what is in your spirit as a woman.
2: We know that every single human being came through the womb of a woman. And therefore, every single human being had their first experience with rhythm through the heart of a woman. And have been comforted by that rhythm, the consistency, the pulsation of that rhythm, that drum, that throb, through the woman's heart, not the man's heart. Amazon, women rise. In the 1970s, lesbians led other women in building a cultural movement from the ground up, which came to be known as women's music. This is their story. This is Radical Harmonies. Music evolved out of an era of fervent social protest, drawing many of its pioneers from the labor, civil rights, and peace movements.
0: Right. So much for the electronic brains that run the world of banks and aeroplanes.
2: And Regan, whose group Sweet Honey and the Rock is a major force in women's music, began as a civil rights activist performing with the Freedom
1: Singers. I had already committed to understanding music as a way to take a stand. And I had models for that. There were people moving around the civil rights movement who had done music with the union movement. People like Pete Seeger, Ronnie Gilbert. Sometimes
0: i